And they said he, he spent in the hospital four weeks and then he died. And then his wife received the bill of the, uh, of the treatment of this guy. And she received $4 million bill. Okay, $4 million. He just spent four, four weeks in the hospital. Welcome to Ultra Habits. Here, we go under the hood with our guests to unpack the minutiae and to understand what processes and systems they engage or research that result in ultra-enhanced living. Today is a fascinating conversation with Dr. Gil Blander of Inside Traca. Dr. Blander and his team have developed a service and a technology which enables them to monitor our insides, effectively tracking our biomarkers proactively, which tell us on a day, weekly, monthly basis where we're deficient and how we can optimize. In 2009, Dr. Blander founded Inside Tracker alongside scientists in aging, genetics, and biometric data from MIT, Tufts, and Harvard to realize his mission to transform the way human beings eat, sleep, move, and effectively live longer and a better life. Inside Tracker is a leading personalized nutrition platform which generates ultra customized recommendations to optimize an individual's health by tracking and analyzing blood and genetic biomarkers using a patent pending algorithm. The expert system matches the most relevant science-based recommendations to each individual based on blood data, DNA data, and demographics, as well as self-reported preferences and goals. Dr. Gil Blander, or Gil as he's like to be called, is internationally recognized for his research in the basic biology of aging and translating research discoveries into new ways of detecting and preventing age-related conditions. He leads a team of biology, nutrition, and exercise physiology experts and computer scientists at Inside Traca, has been featured in CNN Money, the New York Times, Forbes, Financial Times, the Boston Globe, to name a few. Dr. Blander received a PhD in biology from the Wiseman Institute of Science and completed his postdoctoral fellowship at MIT. Really hope you enjoy this conversation. Keen for your feedback. Take care, y'all. So Gil, thanks for coming on the Ultra Habits show. I really love what your, your firm does, what Inside Tracker does. And I think it's quite relevant for busy executives and people that are in high stress roles. Why don't you just explain to us a bit about your firm and what Inside Tracker does? Sure, that's uh, my pleasure. So Inside Tracker is a personalized nutrition platform that helping people to understand what's happening in their body and then giving them recommendation of what kind of food, what kind of supplement, what kind of exercise, and what kind of lifestyle changes should they do in order to improve their health, wellness, and performance. Right. And I know that there's this piece on biomarkers, and I suppose that's your primary form of measuring the health of the individual. Can you explain what biomarkers are and the relevance and importance of them? Sure. Biomarker is a, a bioanalyte that basically marks something in the body. And I can give you a few examples. Yeah. Glucose can uh, uh, um, basically reflect how is your uh, energy metabolism going. 
uh, LDL cholesterol measure how is your lipid metabolism going. Uh, HSCRP is a marker of inflammation, so it can uh, resemble how you having high inflammation, high, high inflammation or not. Uh, if you look at cortisol, which is the stress hormone, it can tell you how stressed you are. You can look at some uh, other marker like uh, liver enzymes, such as ALT and AST, and they can tell you whether you have a liver damage or not, and they can also tell you uh, whether you are drinking too much or if you, uh, the alcohol that you are drinking making damage to, the, to your liver or not, because some people might have a, a, a stronger effect of alcohol on their liver and some they have a lower effect. So those markers can uh, re, uh, give you a lot, of, a lot of indication or let you know a lot about your body and understand what is happening inside. Right, so if I were to use your product in your service, what could I expect in terms of the level of engagement? Is it weekly? Is it monthly? What's the actual rhythms in, in terms of the monitoring? What does that look like? Yeah, that's a very good question. And uh, uh, that's drive me actually to a, another point that I wanted to discuss, and that's the kind of inputs. So we discussed blood biomarkers, which uh, we spent a few minutes uh, before, but we have a few other inputs that uh, we think that it's very interesting and good to add. For example, your DNA. Your DNA is showing your potential. Um, so uh, uh, in order to, uh, to know your potential, you do a DNA test, and that's a once in a life, lifetime test. So basically you do that, and then you know that you have a high chance or high risk to have high glucose or high risk to have high cholesterol, or you are more endurance than strength, or you might be a, a sensitive to lactose. A lot of uh, cool information that come from the DNA, but it's a once in a lifetime. Basically, it's a, a potential or risk. And then you have the blood. Basically, it's resemble exactly what's happening in your body. It's a, I call it a liquid gold. It shows exactly what happened in your body, but also it shows action reaction. So for example, if you have low vitamin D, we found it in the blood, we can recommend you to take vitamin D supplementation and then a month or two later you can test and most likely your vitamin D will go higher. So that's something that uh, you can do with blood but you cannot do with DNA because the DNA won't change. You will always have high risk or low risk to high uh, 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 vitamin D. And then the next level is are the activity tracker. So we recently integrated with the activity tracker, currently it's Fitbit. Now we are working on integration with the Garmin and the Apple Watch. And based on that, we can get an information that actually coming every day. So your resting heart rate, your REM sleep, your deep sleep, uh, your weight, and other that basically can uh, give us some understanding about uh, what, uh, how your body looks like. So it's like, looking uh, uh, inside the house, but starting to add more and more windows. So the blood giving you one window, and then the DNA giving you another window, and the activity tracker can give you another window. But if we are going now to the blood, you can look at the blood via window of one biomarker or 40 something biomarkers. So the window will be wider. The same for the DNA. You can look at a few different risks or you can look at a lot of them. And for the activity tracker, you can look at only the resting heart rate, or you could look at the resting heart rate, heart rate variability, and the REM sleep and deep sleep, so the window become wider. So basically, that's allow us uh, to look into uh, our body, to have a window into our body, to understand what's happening inside. 
And then based on that, we can come and say, hey, uh, RJ, you have an issue with a, a, B, C, D, E, F, G. And the best intervention for that are a, a, a X, Y, and Z. Start doing them and then retest again with the blood a few months later to see action reaction. And actually with the activity tracker, you will see it every day, whether you have an action reaction. So if you, again, if I would try to uh, uh, reflect to, uh, to your question again, you have the once in the lifetime, which is the DNA. You have a few times a year, which is the blood. And then you have the every day of the activity tracker. And all of that allow us to give you a, a good picture of what's happening inside your body. It's incredible. It's really incredible. I was having a conversation with um, a friend of mine, Craig Duncan, who is a head of ex head of sports science for the Australian soccer national team. And we were a couple of years talking about how relevant it would be to implement something like this at a executive level within corporations. Because if you think about the decision-making required to run multi-million dollar firms, mm -hmm. these executives are tasked with decisions that could change and impact people's lives in the economy. And unlike sports, I suppose in athletics and sports, by design, people tend to be fit, right? What we see and what I see in the executive community is the harder people work, the less or the tendency there is to look after themselves less, right? What is the view on Inside Tracker in terms of partnering with organizations? Because I, I talked to Eric and he said, right now you guys focus on individuals. Do you think there's scope to target partnerships with organizations where a board might see it of value to have their executive team on this kind of program? Yeah, I think that it's a, it's a very good point and I want to go to an analogy. I think that a, a, a athletes is a, a need to play well in the arena. And the idea is for him is a, 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 if you look at an athlete and think about career longevity, it's basically how can I a, a play well in the fourth quarter? How, how can I play well in the postseason? And how can I uh, basically stay uh, playing like Tom Brady that is, I don't know, 43 and is still playing in the Super Bowl next week? Yeah, um, That's if, if you look at uh, uh, athletes. But I think that the executives are very similar. They are, you're taking him out of, from the podium to the boardroom, okay? So the podium is Tom Brady and uh, LeBron James, okay? They want to go to the uh, podium. Our, uh, uh, you have the executive athlete which basically is uh, playing in the boardroom and he need to play uh, the best. And he doesn't need necessarily to be sure that he will run uh, 100 meter in less than 10 seconds. But he, uh, so he doesn't need, uh, let's say the iron uh, markers to bring uh, uh, oxygen from his uh, lungs to the muscle, but he need a lot of oxygen in, in his brain. So you still need the iron, but it's not to run uh, 100 meter, it's to make a fast decision, the right decision and, uh, and so on. And if you again take the analogy of a, a, a fourth quarter and a, a postseason and not get injured, here is a, basically a, a take the company from, a, I don't know, from a, a seed to a series D and the IPO. And then uh, after the IPO, uh, make the company uh, $1 trillion. Mm -hmm. 
and uh, make a, a, the right decision and all of that. So there are a lot of analogy between the, uh, uh, the um, athletic person and the corporate athlete or the uh, hmm. executive. And I like that term, the corporate athlete. I think it was turned by Tony Schwartz in a Harvard Business Review article. And I, I definitely have the view that corporate people, especially executives, they're effectively long-term athletes. Yeah. And there is a shift, I think, in the business community to start to focus on health, but I still think that we're behind. Uh, you touched on something around longevity and something you spoke about before, which I absolutely love, Gil, is this concept of health span versus lifespan. Can you unpack that? What does that actually mean? Yeah, I, I think that uh, um, we today we focus a lot on lifespan. Basically, uh, I don't know, my grandma lived to 95, or whoever, the, the lady from uh, this place uh, passed 100. Um, that's great, but uh, the question is what, are the, what was the condition of this lady uh, when we reached, she reached to 100 or when she even reached to 80. So, uh, and that's the difference between the FL span to lifespan. Lifespan, it means what is your age when you die, okay? That's your lifespan. Health span means how have you uh, uh, been since the moment that you got uh, uh, born to the end? Like, have you still been able to, I don't know if you like to cycle to cycle or climb the mountain or spend time with your kids or uh, do whatever you want or make a decision in the boardroom? Or have you been lying on a bed connected to a lot of tubes and uh, basically be a burden on your family and society? So if you will ask, I assume everyone, everyone will say, no, no, I don't want to be in this situation. I want to have a health span that starts from the moment that I, I have been born until the end. And when I'm getting to the situation that I'm connected to a lot of tubes, I don't want to, to live anymore. So basically the health span mean, uh, what was the, uh, uh, the period of time that you have been in a good shape? So usually it's shorter than the lifespan because usually at the last, uh, I don't know, few weeks or a few days, few months, you are not in a good shape. That's interesting, yeah. So I'm a consumer and I am looking to really customize and personalize my health, right? What are some of the obstacles that you see um, consumers facing when trying to adopt a kind of personalized and scientifically backed approach to wellness and health? Like what are some of the, the roadblocks you see for, for people out there in the, in the community? Yeah, so I think that the first one is the price. So it's not, uh, currently it's not very cheap. Uh, and also it's not only the price, it is, it is the perceived price or perceived cost. So some people come and say, hey, uh, I don't know, your inner age cost uh, $150 and that's expensive. But if you take it into perspective and look at the people that go every day and stop at Dunkin' Donuts uh, every morning and buying a coffee and a donuts and pay $10 a day, so just keep that for 15 days and you have that. So that's what I call a prescriptive a, a price. And it's also a, a cost versus value. 
So uh, I'm not sure that people uh, understand and appreciate that uh, you can always be better. So a lot of uh, the population, and I'm not talking uh, necessarily about your audience, I'm sure that they are uh, smart, educated and, and active, but uh, I'm talking at the average American. Uh, they uh, tend to live a life of uh, uh, basically a mostly sedentary life and they eat food that is not good and they, let's call it a comfort food and they not move too much. And I think that uh, uh, making those uh, behavioral changes are not easy. So because of that, I don't think that right now is a tracker fit for, uh, let's say, the average person. It's more, uh, uh, the fit is more for uh, people like you mentioned, the corporate athlete. It's uh, good for uh, athletic active population. And I think that it's also good for uh, what we call the longevity people or the biohacker. So people that appreciate and like their body and coming and saying, my body is the most important machine that I will ever have. And because of that, I need to treat it well. So when you get to this point that you understand, hey, that's the most important machine, I care less about my car than I care about myself. Because you know, if you look at our cars, we're taking it to the technician, he's, he's com uh, connecting a computer, and then very carefully uh, change the oil and move the tires. And do, I just done it for my car. Then, and then he washed the car. He come and they asked me, do you want to, us to wash the car after that? I said, yeah, sure, do it. Um, we are not doing it for ourselves. We have a machine that uh, if you look at our heart, is beeping so many times. And we are not giving the, uh, the, 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 the right treatment for our body. So people like us that really believe that, it's no brainer because yeah, it's cost some money, uh, but then you get a wealth of information and then you can hopefully uh, live longer or at least live a better life and increase your uh, health span. And that's why I'm saying uh, this uh, uh, solution, the personal nutrition, the personal medicine is good for uh, uh, the population that is educated enough and care enough about their body. You mentioned something, and I love that vehicle analogy. I've heard you use that before, but you've mentioned something that was quite simple yet profound as uh, you said something around food being a drug and we need to yeah. look at it like that. Is, is your philosophy that the body through monitoring your body, you can effectively heal yourself and what's your view on the culture of what seems to be an obsession with medication and pharma to fix stuff. Can you give me your, your view on that whole piece? Yeah, yeah sure. So I think that uh, we, are, we are not, first I, I, I want to say that we are not claiming that we are diagnosing or uh, yeah. treating a disease. And uh, I think that uh, there is a lot of space for pharma and the physician, and I really appreciate them. And I'm uh, trying to take my uh, care of my body like my car. So I'm going to all the early uh, uh, diagnostic with my physician and dermatologist and all of that. I think that that's great and it's very important. But I think that they are coming when, usually when you have a problem, okay? And what we are trying to do at uh, InstaTracker is to delay it as much as possible. Because let's assume that you have a slightly high cholesterol or slightly high glucose. If you want to take care of it, or if you want to find about it at time and take care of it, it will, go, it will be, become diabetic at the end if you have high glucose. So what we are saying, let's find it early and give you natural and simple intervention 
that will help you hopefully to delay it or, or, or even prevent it for uh, being, uh, becoming a, a, a sick. Um, and then, uh, yeah, use food as a drug of choice. Uh, we have so many different kinds of food in the, in the world. There are tens of thousands of uh, food items. And if you look at the average American and the average week, we are consuming only 20 of them. And all of us are all mostly consuming the same. So we eat chicken and, uh, and dairy and uh, egg and, uh, I don't know, and uh, cucumber and uh, tomato. Even if you look at the vegetable, there are hundreds of vegetables. And most of us are, I don't know, using two or three of them. So I think that part of our goal is first to educate them educate our users and come say, hey, first open your eyes. There are not only a tomato and cucumber, there are a lot of other vegetables that you can use. And then telling you, hey, RJ, because uh, you have this issue, this issue, this issue, those are the uh, vegetables that are, are best for you, okay? So it's very interesting that suddenly you find a, 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 a food that the science telling you that is good for you. Okay, I can give an example about nuts. So nuts, uh, there are a lot of value nuts, but actually there are, I don't know, around 10 different nuts that are uh, uh, around. And I can tell you sometimes whether almonds or uh, cashew are better for you because the, uh, uh, you have uh, this marker high or this marker low, the uh, cashew might be better for you than almonds. So that's something that is very cool. To, it's not only in the macro, you can uh, even go to the micro and come and say, hey, I'm a cashew guy, I'm a, a almond guy. That's something that it's, uh, uh, and if you want to, you drill down and we can show you, yeah, it's good for you because you have IFDL and actually uh, uh, almond decreased the LDL by 5% and cashew only by 3%. So yeah, you can uh, have a, a cashew, but almond will do it better. Okay, and then it's your decision. You really ate a, a, a almond, don't eat almond, but if you uh, really care about your health, you'll do that. And I can give you an example. I, uh, I found that uh, beans are really good for me. And I, I really don't like beans. So I, I decided to start eating beans because it's good for me. So that's why it's a drug of choice. Yeah, it's not very tasty to take the pill every day, but people are doing it. So yeah, and when you actually, uh, learn that it's good for you, suddenly you start liking it, at least for me. So it's, it's very interesting. Mm. Can, you, can you just give me your view on sugar? Um, yeah, I can. <laughs> so uh, sugar is a carbohydrate, okay? Um, and I think that uh, uh, there are a lot of uh, um, claims right now that uh, carbohydrates are bad. So you see all the people that have uh, the paleo diet or the keto diet and so on. That have, hey, don't, don't eat it, it's, it's really bad. And uh, I think that uh, five years ago, it was uh, fat. Fat was really bad, but now uh, fat is better. So I think that it's bad or good depending on what happening in your body. So it might be very bad for you, but it might be okay for me. Now, if we are going a, a bit, uh, you asked me to try to stay a, a bit high level and don't, don't go very deep. So I would say that uh, everything that comes in a package, like uh, something that is industrial is not the best for you. Uh, potato chips. Uh, uh, I don't know, candies. Uh, those are not uh, the best food for you. Yeah, you, you eat it once in a while, that's okay, but it's not uh, the best food for you. But uh, uh, 
if you will eat, a, a, I don't know, a banana that have a, a lot of carbohydrate, that's not bad. Uh, again, don't eat uh, 50 bananas a day and uh, you will be okay. Um, again, like uh, don't eat the potato chips, but if you will uh, uh, put the potato in the oven, potato is not bad. Um, Generally, but again, if you want to understand what, how it's good for you, you need to test and see whether you have a, a specific issue and based on that specific issue, what is the best food for you. But generally, I don't think that carbohydrates are bad. I don't think that uh, fat are bad. I, I will tell you that uh, uh, some people are saying, hey, uh, uh, um, red meat is bad. Yeah, red meat is bad for someone that has some issues like uh, I don't know, high cholesterol and so on. But if you have a low vitamin B12 or low iron, red meat is a very good source of uh, iron. So again, you need to, uh, to take it in perspective and it's very hard to come in general and say, hey, a, a carbohydrate or sugar or that. Yeah, no, uh, I, I'm an ultra runner in the ultra running community. There is this increasing divide between vegans who believe in, you know, uh, quicker recovery through veganism through to people that are keto that believe they they burn fat better i still carb load yeah you know the day before an event or a run and even during the day and i think to your point just given where your activity is you need to kind of be flexible and and adaptable um to 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 what your level of output is and what that's required so I want to talk about habits. So I'm a habits guy. And I think habits are really important with any change and implementing change. Now, the people that tend to come and see you, I was talking to Eric, he said that they're, they tend to already be quite disciplined. But I would imagine disciplined people that are implementing changes that may be uncomfortable for them or people that are coming to you that aren't disciplined and, and unfit they'll need to ground this change in habits to make it effective. How does Inside Tracker manage that? Or do you give the information and, and let go? Or do you, are you looking at partnering with, uh, you know, people within the um, PT community? Like, how do you kind of, what's your view on implementation of the changes that you recommend to your clients? Yeah, so we, we are trying to uh, make it as automated and scalable as possible because uh, uh, I, I told you before that we are now focused on a specific population. Uh, but if you look at my vision, I want to serve everyone. I want to serve the, I think that actually the value of this platform will be higher for the uh, overweight, obese, uh, sedentary person that, uh, but we are not there because it's an education and it's a cost and all of that. So, so our goal is to build it as automated as possible. And we, we have a big team of scientists that are uh, mining the literature all the time. And we have their uh, biology scientists and exercise physiologists and nutritionists and behavioral scientists and data scientists that working all the time and making the recommendation better. We also have a team of uh, a product people and, and a, 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 a user experience. And we are trying to make the, the app as a, a good and as simple and as a, a directed as possible to help them. So uh, for example, recently we had a, a way for you to check in, you receive a, a, a pro tips. So if your resting heart rate is high, 
We are telling you ARJ, uh, your resting heart rate uh, was high today, yesterday. Don't worry, we'll help you. And uh, today you do X, Y, and Z. Um, or if you have an issue with your uh, glucose, we are giving you some recommendation in the protein. Um, we are uh, using the, uh, the data from the activity tracker to automatically allow you to check in, making you easier to check in, so you don't need to come every day and check in. Um, so we are working on a, a few tools to help you to uh, understand and uh, do it by yourself, but we appreciate that some people need some support. So every customer of us that they need the support, we are uh, uh, basically uh, setting a meeting with, uh, for him with our uh, uh, RDs, uh, nutritionists. Um, and for me, I'm looking at that, uh, yeah, it's helping them, but for me, I'm looking at them a bit as uh, guinea pigs, because then I'm asking the uh, RDs, the nutritionist, to let me know what was the issue of this person, what wasn't clear for him. And then based on that, I'm trying to make the product a bit better. So for me, it's, a, it's part of the feedback loop of how can we make the, the product completely automated and scalable. Um, so hopefully I answered your question. Yeah, you did. You did. Um, I'd like to tap into this piece on optimization kind of becoming the new normal, especially at the, in, the, in the community that's performance orientated. I want to talk about healthcare and traditional healthcare and how you see traditional healthcare is being different to this concept of optimization and tweaking? Yeah, I think that uh, physicians are, uh, by definition, are very suspicious and uh, really old school because that's what they learn and uh, a lot of them, they are very busy. It's not an easy occupation at all. They, I'm sure that when you, you went to your physician to meet for your physical, it, you had 10 minutes and the eight of the 10 minutes is spent on the computer entering the information at the, the portal Indeed. and he barely seen you even. Um, so they, they have a very tough occupation. They are very, very busy. Each of them have thousands of patients and they don't have time to get updated. So they are basically, what they know is usually what they learned, I don't know, uh, uh, 20 years ago, if he got uh, uh, finished the med school 20 years ago or in the good uh, situation two years ago. But even the, the younger physician, if you look at the amount of uh, training that they receive in nutrition, for example, it's around 20 hours. So they learn about nutrition 20 hours. So a normal person that read a few of uh, you know, the journal in his leisure, leisure time, maybe know more about nutrition than the physician, which is, uh, which is sad. I think that they are very smart and very good, but they don't have the, uh, the time or the education to, to, to do that. So I think that they, they need um, some uh, kick uh, uh, from the side, meaning they need people like you and me and your uh, audience to come to them and say, hey, have you heard about uh, this solution? It's so cool and it's helping me to do X, Y, Z. And then it's like a peer pressure basically. I think that the change of the healthcare, especially in the US, the healthcare in the US is so, so complex. I just uh, listened to news yesterday and uh, they spoke about uh, someone that uh, died from uh, COVID. And they said he, he spent in the hospital four weeks and then he died. And then his wife received the bill of the, uh, of the treatment of this guy. And she received $4 million bill, okay? $4 million, he just spent four, four weeks in the hospital. Why the heck do you need to charge $4 million for that? 
So the, the, the healthcare system in the US is so complex and nobody knows how to fix it. Everyone is trying to fix it and nobody can. It's so complex and they are, it's, it's like, I, I don't, don't want even to talk about it because it's so complex and so hard to understand. So I think that the only way to change it is from the outside. And that's what we decided from the get-go. Let's get the people that understand and they are intrigued and they are uh, educated and they care about their body, get a lot of them. And then they're going to their physician. So they will explain to the physician, hey, it's cool, hey, it's nice. And with time they will see more and more and will say, hey, something is not okay with me because they are doing something good and they are telling me. So we will try uh, to adopt to that. And that's what we're trying to do. And we are seeing more and more uh, a, a physician, a nutritionist, another that coming to Insight Tracker and basically saying, hey, we want to work with you because it's uh, interesting and cool. It's, uh, and uh, our uh, customer or user really like it. Yeah, there's a lot in that. And um, yeah, I mean, I think we tend to look at our doctors because they're in this position of authority is all knowing and we forget they're human beings and their capacity to continue to educate themselves and learn really dictates the level of care they can give us. Mm -hmm. And we kind of depend on them to be up on all the information. So I want to talk to you about healthcare in the wider context and you touched on it with COVID. I I just had a, a friend recently who's being diagnosed with stage four cancer and it, we had an interesting conversation the other day because his mom had it and he had been checking for the signs forever. He's in his forties and his mom got it when he was 16 and she passed away. And he said that the doctors still via um, their traditional methods couldn't see it coming or whatever, right? Like I'm not an expert in that space, yeah. but I guess, What's the potential for your product to be able to detect disease or cancer and even the implications on COVID? Like, can you just talk a little bit about that in terms of the, you know, the ability to, to kind of see potential for disease or um, vicious, sure. vicious uh, uh, or malicious um uh, illnesses, sorry. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So again, I, I just want to say again that we are not uh, uh, trying or saying that we are uh, uh, diagnosing or treating yeah. disease. So I want to start with that. But there, there is a, a very interesting data that uh, was uh, published recently related to COVID that showed that uh, 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 people that uh, 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 starting to have COVID, they have some effect on their uh, resting heart rate is going much higher. Uh, their uh, heart rate variability going down and the amount of breeds per uh, minutes going much higher. So if you have an, a, a simple activity tracker that measure that and suddenly you see something like that, that might say that you have the COVID. I'm not saying that it is, but it's might. Um, now, uh, so that's one point. The second point is uh, if you look at COVID specifically, you can see that uh, a lot of uh, uh, the, um, basically the criteria to someone to get it very hard or maybe even to die from it, it's related to simple uh, um, improving of your uh, uh, behavior or uh, life, uh, uh, lifestyle. So don't, uh, it's obesity, it's smoking, it's uh, drinking a lot of alcohol, is uh, uh, um, 
uh, high inflammation. Um, so, so, so basically, if you are uh, working with us or something like that, if you're taking care well of your body, you have a, a much lesser chance to get it seriously, okay? Now let's go back to your uh, friend uh, with the cancer. Um, so it's not us, but there are now companies that uh, are doing something that call a liquid biopsy. I don't know if you heard about it. Um, liquid biopsy is basically you, they collect some blood and then they are looking at uh, the blood very carefully and trying to find some markers that, ma that coming from a specific ca a cancer. So for example, a, a, a breast cancer, have a specific markers, okay? Lung cancer have a specific marker, brain cancer have a specific marker. So they are trying to find it when it's very, very diluted. So you might not see any uh, signature of that when uh, someone will do a CT on you, but those uh, liquid biopsy can show that. And then when you know, oh, this guy might have uh, some uh, marker of, uh, I don't know, uh, uh, um, lung cancer, then you can uh, start monitoring this person uh, every month or every six months, and then uh, hopefully you will, you will catch it very early. So that's something that is coming right now, and I think that uh, it can be a, a big uh, a, a revolution in uh, diagnostic and uh, maybe prevention of cancer. But again, it's not us. There are a few big companies that are doing it, and I think that it's very exciting. Well, I think you guys are helping to shift the needle and create awareness just by oh. your very existence and what you're doing. Yes. And that leads me to kind of a more philosophical discussion about you, Gil. Like what, how did you become interested in this whole space and what was your personal journey to kind of get to where you're at today? Yeah, that's a good question. So uh, I was uh, uh, intrigued by the longevity from a very young age um, because a, a, a family member of mine passed away and I was, uh, and I was 12 and I was, uh, suddenly I got the revelation that I won't live forever. And uh, I took it hard and I said, okay, let's try to find and understand and see why, why it's, it, is it happening. So that's why I studied biology and done a PhD in uh, biology. And then I moved to Boston and uh, spent five years at MIT in uh, one of the best labs that's studying aging. Um, and then at that time I was exposed to the uh, biopharmaceutical environment of the area around MIT. It's called the uh, uh, Kendall Square. A lot of bio uh, and uh, pharma and uh, um, IT companies. And then I realized that maybe I can contribute more to humanity for a start my own company than being a professor in the academia. Uh, so I moved to the industry, worked there a few years, and then came with the idea of uh, InstaTracker together with a couple of other scientists. And the idea was very simple. Um, in order to live longer, uh, we need to understand what's happening inside our body. And then we came, okay, to understand what's happening inside the body, the best marker of blood. So we started to look at the blood and then we had the DNA and activity tracker. And then uh, we said, uh, yeah, but let's do it. Uh, as you asked at the beginning, uh, drugs are uh, bad. There are a lot of side effects and uh, uh, you never know about it, you know about it, I don't know, 20 years later. So uh, even if the best drug, uh, uh, the best uh, drug since the sliced bread today, 20 years it might have, I don't know, asbestos inside. Yeah. Okay. 
asbestos. <laughs> yeah, there are, there are like, I think that the Zantec was something like that. Zantec had the heartburn. Uh, it was the best. Uh, and then a year ago, they said, hey, it says asbestos. So asbestos. Wow. I, so, yeah. I thought you were joking. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> and and uh, um, so so and and the 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 the, the 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 reason for that is that food we are having it for I don't know millions of years. So tomato, yeah, it's tomato. Our uh, grand 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 grandparents uh, ate it. So yeah, it's it's much better than taking a, a drug. And uh, also, it's have a lot of other things. If you go into uh, try to understand why vegetables are. Uh, 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 are good for you, it's very hard uh, even today to explain because there is not like the high fiber or high with that. There is uh, something that's called the dark matter of, uh, uh, of the vegetable. So stuff that we don't really understand. And uh, uh, actually scientists are, are starting to get into that. And now they, they understand it's called phytonutrient. Uh, and there are a lot of uh, antioxidant, uh, um, small molecules that we know almost nothing about them that they are, they, are, they are good, but still we don't understand exactly how and why, and hopefully we'll know in the, in the future. So what we're saying, yeah, let's take those and fit it to you based on the best science uh, that is today. And again, the science is not a uh, bulletproof. Um, as you know, uh, one day coffee is good for you, the other day coffee is not good for you. Mm. But we are trying to understand and look at the science and uh, understand what is uh, as of today. And then uh, hopefully when you, uh, do that, you will uh, live a longer, better life. So that's basically the uh, genesis of uh, insect. Mm. I, I think that is an interesting point because I've heard other conversations you've had where people have asked you sweeping questions. Is this good or bad? And I think that everything needs to be put into the context of consumption, what you're trying to achieve, moderation. And it goes back to understanding your, your DNA, your biomarkers, mm -hmm. Because what might be good for me may not be good for you. And I think that we've lost the ability to work and feel our body, yeah. actually. And I think that because of, you know, modern science, technology, and, you know, this is going to sound philosophical, we've kind of increasingly disconnected to the feel of our own body yeah. and, and what our body needs, right? Yeah, yeah, and a lot of us, uh, if we are coming back maybe to, to Tom Brady. So to, to, Tom Brady was born gifted. There, are, uh, there is one in uh, 300 million Tom Brady in the US today, only one. And a lot of people say, oh, Tom Brady did that and Tom Brady do that. That's okay, Tom Brady is uh, gifted. He, he got it and uh, his, gene, his gene, I assume, are amazing and that's why he's Tom Brady. And uh, you cannot take Gil Blander and uh, give him the food of Tom Brady and I won't play uh, next, uh, this weekend in the Super Bowl. No, no way. So what, what, what uh, I can do, what Insta Tracker can do to Tom Brady is to make Tom Brady as best as he can and the same for Gil and the same for everyone else. Let's take you, get, uh, reach your potential. My potential is definitely not to play in the Super Bowl uh, this weekend, but my potential is hopefully to live longer and make, as you said, the decision that I need to make in the boardroom and uh, do my exercise that I love to do and spend time with my family. And uh, that's what everyone wants, but uh, uh, don't expect uh, to, to have a silver, silver bullet. Nobody has a silver bullet. And some of us were born uh, gifted and most of us are not. So use what you have. That's what you have. What can you do? I'm going to ask you another philosophical question. I wasn't 
I was contemplating whether or not I was going to ask you this, but I, I just am given a conversation you had with uh, on another podcast. I think the conversation was around living till 120 and I don't know the fact that you deal with blood. It kind of reminds me of Dracula a little bit. You're like the good doc. You're, you're the good version of Dracula in terms of your work from a philosophical and aspirational perspective is your view that we should be working towards immortality or like looking to like on a really aspirational level like what's your view on that yeah i think that the immortality is uh, not possible because even the the sun will die okay so there is nothing that is immortal um, philosophical, philosophically way. But if you think about can we, is it possible for us to live to 200? I would say, yeah, it is possible. Uh, is it possible for us to live for 500? It is very unlikely, but it is possible. <laughs> is it possible for us to get to 1000? Again, it's very, very unlikely, but it is possible. So there is a possibility for that. Uh, what happening is uh, with the life, we have a lot of stress and a lot of uh, uh, sheer power and all of that. And uh, you, you're st uh, starting to break. And uh, uh, if you look at the evolution, uh, until, uh, I don't know, 150 years ago, we lived to the age of 40. Mm -hmm. So the evolution built our body to live until the age of 40. And suddenly we are living until, I don't know, 85. So we have a lot of things that... Uh, uh, all the uh, cancer that are related to aging and the uh, dementia, all of that coming because evolution <laughs> haven't prepared us to suddenly live so long. So, so Gil, just, that's, a, that's a real prof well, interesting fact. So are you saying without the introduction of modern science, we would live till about 40? Yeah, that that's, be, that's our natural lifespan. Yeah, that, it's not a natural but uh, we were, uh, we, not we, but our grand-grandparents died at the uh, 1900 from uh, a lot of uh, infections. You think about it, uh, even the antibiotic was uh, discovered, uh, I don't know, uh, less than uh, 100 years ago. I think about you that, uh, I don't know about you, but I'm going uh, a lot to the dentist. I, I don't have a good genetics for my eat. Think about how, how painful it is to, to have a cavity and what can you do about that? Uh, think about that, that you got scratch and uh, you got infection and the bacteria are going there and you don't have antibiotics to treat it. So something, uh, something that is uh, obvious for us wasn't available uh, uh, I mean, 150 years ago. Mm. Mm. It's an really interesting one. And uh, I think we'll, uh, we'll, we'll end it there, Gil. I really, really appreciate the conversation. It's fascinating. It's something that I want to investigate myself, to be honest with you. And it's a conversation I'll be having with Eric definitely offline because I think this thing will really help me tweak my game. I think that I'm at a place where I've dealt with all the obvious things. And it's really about those 1% shifts that I can't and I don't have visibility across because I can't see my insides. Mm -hmm. And so really want to thank you for your time. And I just want to ask you, where can people find you? Where can we hear more information about Inside Tracker? Where, yeah, where can we get more, uh, more lowdown? Yeah, yeah, it's very simple. It's insidetracker.com and all the information is there. And uh, uh, we would love to have you. I think that uh, uh, we are trying to empower uh, us to uh, 
uh, manage our most important machine. So we would love you to join us and uh, let me know how it uh, went and I would love to improve it based on your feedback. Thank you so much, Gil. Appreciate your time. Thank you.